0: coming up now on Established in the Faith. The ripple effects of this unholy alliance that Lot made with Sodom 1,000 years earlier. Those ripple effects now reach the feet of Jehoshaphat. Don't think I can do this over here a little bit and get by. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me, please, to 2 Kings chapter 3. 2 Kings chapter 3. We're going to pick it up in verse 9 today. 2 Kings chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah and the king of Edom went. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. And there was no water for the host and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord has called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said, Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said, Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, The word of the Lord is with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of kingdom went down to him. And I want to continue with the message we started last week, the unholy alliance. In verse 5 of Second Kings chapter 3, the Bible tells us that the king of Moab rebelled against Jehoram king of Israel. The Moabites were descendants of Lot. And Lot made an unholy alliance with the people of Sodom. The two cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, the sin of homosexuality was so bad that God destroyed these two cities because of that sin. And Lot made an unholy alliance with the people there in Sodom. And it landed him in a high position in the city. And when the angels came in, they found Lot at the gate of the city. The gate of the city is where a lot of the business transactions would take place. And there's Lot sitting there. And we all know the story. The angels told Lot, we cannot do anything until you and your family is out. The reason those angels went in there is because Lot's uncle, Abraham, was praying for him. Now did you hear that? Let me say it again. Those two angels went in there before the judgment came because Abraham was praying for Lot and his family. The power of prayer, ladies and gentlemen. The power of prayer. Some of you in this place, many of you listening by radio this morning, God has placed someone on your heart, and you've been praying for them for a long time. And you've not seen the results for which you would like to see. Don't stop. Don't quit, ladies and gentlemen. Keep praying for that loved one. Keep praying for that one that God has placed upon your heart. Because I believe every time you pray for someone, God the Holy Ghost will prick that heart. He'll send an angel. He'll send someone to speak a word, to touch that person. And believe me, friend, God knows what area of your life to touch to get your attention. So keep praying. Those angels told Lot, we can't do anything until you are out. And those angels got Lot and his family outside the city, and the city was destroyed with fire and brimstone. And although the city was destroyed, the influence of being in that environment affected the minds of Lot's children. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. Lot made an unholy alliance with the people of Sodom. And that environment affected his children. And Lot went up into the mountains and found a cave. The Bible says that his two daughters got him drunk one night and became pregnant. Of their father. Genesis chapter 19 and verse 36 Thus were both the daughters of Lot with child by their father. The first one bare a son and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Benami, which is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. These two nations of people caused Israel all kinds of problems. And it can all be traced back to this unholy alliance that Lot made with the people of Sodom. You see... Paul warned us about being unequally yoked. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. He said, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Making an unholy alliance always leads to trouble, ladies and gentlemen. And the ripple effects of that unholy alliance... Reaches further down the road than we realize. It affects others in a negative way. David conquered all of Israel's enemies, including the Moabites. But the kingdom was later divided and the Moabites fell under the jurisdiction of the northern kingdom. They paid tens of millions of dollars to the king of the northern kingdom for years. Second Kings three verse four, the Bible says, Misha, the king of Moab, was a sheepmaster and rendered to the king of Israel a hundred thousand lambs, a hundred thousand rams with the wool comes out to be a whole lot of money but when ahab died there's where the trouble started verse 5 when ahab was dead the king of moab rebelled against the king of israel when you stop getting tens of millions of dollars it can affect your pocketbook I don't know about you, if I miss $5 a month. Hmm. So this really got his attention. So he went out and he numbered all of Israel and got them ready for war. And in verse 7, 2 Kings 3 verse 7, Jehoram went and sent to Jehoshaphat the king of Judah. The ripple effects of this unholy alliance that Lot made with Sodom 1,000 years earlier, those ripple effects now reach the feet of Jehoshaphat. Don't think I can do this over here a little bit and get by it won't have an effect on me. It might not have an effect on you, but it might have an effect on your children. It might have an effect on someone else that you don't know about, you don't realize. But you think of that. An unholy alliance that was made 1,000 years earlier now affects Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was a godly man. He was a godly king. 2 Chronicles chapter 17. 2 Chronicles 17 verse 3. And the Lord was with Jehoshaphat because he walked in the first ways of his father David and sought not after Balaam. Verse 4, nor after the doings of Israel. Therefore the Lord established the kingdom in his hand. In verse 6, his heart was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. Oh, how I wish we had leadership today that was lifted up in the ways of the Lord. How I wish decisions that come down out of Washington today were according to the Word of God instead of according to a bunch of foolishness. God help us today. Billions and billions of our taxpayers' dollars today is being wasted on a bunch of foolishness because they don't know God. They don't know God and they don't want God in any of our affairs, ladies and gentlemen. But Jehoshaphat was a godly king. However, he had a problem, the same problem that Lot had in that he made unholy alliances with the world, with the unsaved. Jehoshaphat, early on in his administration, he formed an unholy alliance with Ahab to fight against Ramoth, and he almost lost his life. A little later, he formed another unholy alliance With Ahab's son, Ahaziah. And they built cargo ships. And a storm came and destroyed all the ships. You would think that after two failed episodes of making an unholy alliance with the unsaved, with the world out here, that we would learn a little something. Something. You would think after two years of failed policies and inflation going out the roof and crime on an increase and drugs coming across the border and and all of the things that's gone on in the past two years, you would think people would go to the polls and vote right. But instead, they turned right around and voted the same way again. You get what you vote for. But you know, if you're a child of God, I don't care how much a dozen eggs go up to, God's going to make up the difference. I said, God knows how to make up the difference. Trust Him. There's a miracle in your mouth today. There's a miracle in your mouth today. Speak those things that be not as though they were. Are you hearing me? Amen. There's a miracle in your mouth today. God loves you. He paid an awful price on Calvary to give you this great benefit. Ask Him, believe Him, claim those things that be not as though they were. And don't give up, don't stop, don't quit. Keep pressing in. The power of life and death is in the tongue. And it's so easy to look around us today and see all the negative things that are taking place in the world and to get caught into that trap and to get sucked into that negative conversation. And it's hard to be positive, but keep seeking the Lord and ask Him to help you. And look at the good things. Look at the good things somebody asked me the other day said how's the 2023 going i said well in the first four weeks i rolled my ankle dana fell and busted her knee my brother fell messed up his arm my mama's had a uti and julie wrecked her car and totaled it in the first four weeks of 23. But God is still on his throne. Glory to God. I'm still on my feet. Julie is still on her feet. My brother's still on his feet. My mama's still on her feet. And Dana's still on her feet. We're all still on our feet. And we're blessed and highly favored of God. It could have been a whole lot worse than what it was. Don't think that you're going to go through this world and never have a trial, never have a problem, never have any issues at all. And let me tell you, if you're going to follow God, you've got to target on your back and you're just going to attract stuff like this to happen there's a lot of things that goes on behind the scenes that we don't see God's got his angels working in the background and protecting us it could have been so much worse we got a lot to be thankful for here today ladies and gentlemen but I wish our leadership today would make decisions That were in the best interest of the gospel. That they would make decisions that were in accordance to the word of God like Jehoshaphat did. That he made this unholy alliance. And it cost him. And now, here comes Jehoram king of Israel. 2 Kings 3 verse 2. The Bible says that Jehoram... Wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord. He cleaved to the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin and departed not therefrom. Jeroboam was the king that the ten tribes, when they pulled away from the house of David, they chose Jeroboam to be their king. And he knew that if they went up to Jerusalem to worship because every year all of Israel was to gather to the temple at Jerusalem for the Passover and to celebrate the feast days. And he knew that if those ten tribes that had elected him to be king went to Jerusalem, then that would give Rehoboam an opportunity to take the kingdom back. So he made two gold calves and told the people that these are the gods that delivered you out of Egypt. He went a step further and he ordained a feast that was like that of the Passover. And the people would go and they would stand before these calves and they would offer up their sacrifices and so forth. And it was evil, ladies and gentlemen. Evil in the eyes of the Lord. What he did had all the outward trappings of the old worship. The people would come and offer up their sacrifices, but it had absolutely nothing to do with sin. Sin was ignored altogether the offering up of sacrifices was just to appeal to the people. It was window dressing. How many people today are going to a church and the cross is just window dressing? How many people are going to a church today The cross might be mentioned, Christ might be mentioned, salvation might be mentioned, but sin is ignored altogether because if we start talking about sin, it might offend somebody. It's working evil in the eyes of the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. You can't preach the cross and ignore sin. It is the same as that of Jeroboam of old. These people they would offer up their sacrifices and the sin was ignored and sadly the sacrifices they offered up was not accepted of God they won't saved but yet they would go through this ritual and they thought they were saved but they won't there's nothing worse than a false sense of salvation Ladies and gentlemen, really, there's only one thing worse than a false sense of salvation, and that's a church that preaches and promotes a false way of salvation. It's working evil in the eyes of the Lord. And now Jehoshaphat is fixing to get in an unholy alliance with Jehoram who followed after the ways of Jeroboam, who worked evil in the eyes of the Lord. And he gets himself in a mess. 2 Kings 3, verse 7, Jehoshaphat said, I'll go up with you. I'm as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Nothing could have been further from the truth, ladies and gentlemen. There's a lot of difference between the child of God and the world out here. A lot of difference. Jesus said in John 15 verse 18, You are not of the world, but I have called you, I have chosen you out of the world. Therefore the world hates you. Come out from among the world and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will receive you. An unholy alliance, I'm as you are. Now Jehoshaphat asked the question in verse 8, 2 Kings 3 verse 8, which way do we go? Does anybody see anything wrong with that? Here's the godly king asking the ungodly king, which way do we go? Jehoshaphat should have took the lead and said, we're going to go and inquire of the Lord and find out which way to go. But instead, he goes the way of the world. And that's how he gets in trouble. We get in trouble when we follow the ways of the ungodly. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Jehoram said, we're going to go by the way of the wilderness of Edom. The story of Edom goes back to Esau, who sold his birthright for a bowl of stew to satisfy his flesh. That's the way of the world, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to go the path of least resistance, and they're always going to go the way that satisfies The flesh. Now, the wilderness of Edom was the quickest and the shortest route, but it wasn't the best route. Are you hearing me? Just because it's quicker and shorter doesn't mean it's the best. Had they inquired of the Lord, the Lord would have shown them a better way. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey. They wasted a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort. And they ended up seven days' journey out in the wilderness with no water. And let me tell you if you ain't got water to drink, you start to dehydrate. And you don't think right. And you don't act right. Oh, there's a whole lot that can be said here. There's a whole lot that can be said here. Water is a type of the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. And we look at some of the decisions that's coming down out of Washington, and you're like, what in the world are they thinking? They're not. They're spiritually dehydrated. And they're making stupid decisions. And you and I are the ones that's having to pay for it. So what in the world are they going to do? Come on back next week and I'll tell you. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252 299